Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 Are you spending too much time managing your Airbnb guest communications? With Avida IQ's easy-to-use automated messaging service, your guest communications go on autopilot so you can go back to living your life. Get your free Aviva IQ account at www.avivaiq.com. Welcome, everyone. Another newest episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. And today I'm here with my co-host, David, who's, of course, the president of Hostfully. So, David, welcome. Jasper, what's going on? A lot, man. There's a lot going on. I'm, I'm being really busy these days. <laughs> Yeah, I love your uh, daily video blog. Good job with that. Keep it up. Yeah. Sometimes I ask myself, what did I get myself into? Because publishing a video every day and sending out an email every day, it's it's quite a lot of work. But I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm learning a lot. And it's really fun to engage more with with the listeners and the readers. So it's, um, yeah, it's really fun. You inspired me to work out, Jasper, because 75% of a workout is 75% more than nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely true. I'm glad I was able to inspire you. <laughs> All right, let's see what do we have this week in the world of Airbnb. Let's start in San Francisco with Pillow and Veritas. <laughs> Veritas. Veritas. It means truth, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Airbnb partnered with Veritas, which is a large residential uh, company. They own a lot of uh, apartment buildings. I think this is one of the biggest struggles that Airbnb, the Airbnb community faces, right? It's like you rent an apartment and you want to rent it out on Airbnb when you're on holiday or when you're out of town. But of course, in your rental contract, it states that you're not allowed to sublet under 30 days or whatever the clause might be. There's always something in the rental agreement that doesn't allow this and you know obviously the reason is there's there's just liability on the part of the landlord and there's no real upside so you know that's a challenge that a lot of people have it's hard to convince landlords to allow you to rent out an airbnb and airbnb obviously they recognize this and they are trying to find a solution for that by letting the landlords actually participate in some of the revenue and they recently partnered with a company in Florida to develop a couple of big buildings that are going to be optimized for Airbnb rentals. And people will be allowed to rent out up to 180 days in those buildings. And they're doing a similar thing now in San Francisco. And they partnered with Pillow. And Pillow is the uh, management company that, that has a lot of listings in San Francisco and a few other cities on the West Coast, I believe. And, and also with Veritas. So this is in your backyard, uh, David. So what are, what are your thoughts? 
Uh, sure. So while Pillow is a management company, they are also a software company. And it seems like that's where the partnership is with Pillow Software. And so it's the software and Veritas, which is the residential management building and Airbnb. It's a big win for Pillow. So congratulations to Sean Conway, the CEO. Shout out to Sean. And uh, when they made that announcement in Florida, I had thought they were going to compete basically with Pillow, go heads up with them. And now it seems like they're partnering with Pillow for Pillow to manage the software side, uh, basically to manage the relationship between Airbnb and the residential building and the tenants that live in that building. So now the residential building, the management company can can see who's renting it out and when Airbnb guests are coming and going and how much they're getting. And, and sure, they can get some of those profits as well. And I think that's going to be negotiated case by case between each residential building and, and the tenants. Uh, so having that software to, to marry the three and improve transparency is a big deal. It seems like these building owners are going the route of if you can't beat them, join them. Uh, they realize Airbnb is here to stay. And instead of trying to fight it and make it illegal or, you know, against the terms of the agreement, they are embracing it uh, over. The article says that over half of those age 25 to 34 and over 60% of those under age 25 are interested or very interested in the ability to share their units. So now these residential, these big complexes can charge a premium by saying they're Airbnb friendly. Uh, instead of trying to get rid of it, they can charge more and help get more better guests. There's also the argument that I've always said that if you are sharing your home, you are likely to keep it cleaner and better shape. So most landlords, in my opinion, would want their tenants to be doing Airbnb or short-term rentals because they know they're going to keep their place clean. Uh, so a big, big win for Pillow and a big improvement all around to improve uh, short-term rentals in larger buildings. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great move. And I think there's a win-win situation between landlords and tenants when it comes to Airbnb. I, I think the problem is that most landlords just don't see the value. I think uh, some of them are just not familiar with Airbnb. You know, there's a saying that says uh, you prefer the devil that you know than the devil that you don't know. So, you know, if you're if you're not familiar with something, then it always seems like there seems to be more risk or it's more scary and stuff. So I think like as as landlords starting to understand more, you know, what Airbnb means and you know how it works, I think they'll they'll open up a little bit to the idea. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, if you rent out an Airbnb, it has to be clean, it has to be well maintained, because otherwise nobody wants to stay there, right? And then combine that with the profit sharing, I think there's there's definitely a win-win. And it's very exciting to see that uh you know, that, that these guys are all partnering up and I'm really excited to see how this is going to work out. And who knows, maybe in the future, this will, this will become more of a default for buildings. It will become the next standard. Exactly. And it will just help those bad party cases get rid of that and, and help check that better. So if there's someone who's sharing their home while they're there, obviously they're there. But if they're away for a week, they're traveling for a week and they rent out their whole place. And now there's noise going on in that apartment. Uh, the residential building manager, the supervisor, superintendent can take a look at the pillow app and see, oh, yeah, this person's away and it's being rented out and they know what's going on. So they they can go and, and knock on the door and tell them to quiet down and, and know, you know, basically just be in communication. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes a little sense. And then if if one of the Airbnb hosts or if the guests are causing a lot of trouble, if it happens more often, then they can have a rule that if you have like more than you know complaints more than three times or something that you know the agreement stops and you're no longer allowed to rent on Airbnb, which also incentivizes the host to be a little bit picky with the with the guests, right? Do a little bit of a due diligence before you accept reservations. Yeah, and one of the things that's interesting in this press release, it says Pillow's tools for landlords include creating and executing lease addendums that support home sharing. So exactly what you talked about can be written into that addendum as to, you know, three strikes and you're out or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that will make probably make the deal for the building owners and the, and the landlords a, a little bit sweeter. Yep. Awesome. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Some news from China. There's the Airbnb rival Xiaozu. I hope I pronounced it right. They raised <laughs> $120 million in new funding. And of course, we had their competitor, Tujia, raised $300 million a couple months ago, I think it was. And so now there's another company that is raising a lot of money to compete with Airbnb, but not just with Airbnb, also with each other, of course. So it, uh, it definitely doesn't uh, improve Airbnb situation in China a lot. We recently had the, the head of the China division leave very quickly after only four months. So it's, it seems like uh, Airbnb is going to be struggling a little bit in China. What do you think? Yeah, that space is getting crowded and it has been for a while. So I'm going to mess up on it too, but I'm going to say Chaoju uh, and then Tujia is the other company. So we talked about them fairly recently. They've raised some pretty good money and now Chaoju has raised a lot as well. So it's a, a three-man race. Uh, there is a small difference, which it talks about. Um, Tujia is a little more maybe on the home away side. They focus on more professionally managed properties, while Chaoju, they're closer to Airbnb's peer-to-peer -peer short-term rental model is what the, the article talks about. It's very hard to for an American company to be successful in China, especially when there is an incumbent uh, China-based company already there, yet Airbnb is not giving up. You mentioned how they've had some some turnover there, but they also recently announced that uh, Nathan Blacharzik, the co-founder and CTO, or I think actually chief strategy officer is his title, he is now the chairman of Airbnb China. So they really are doubling down, putting all their energy in there as, as the race heats up. And I wouldn't be surprised if Airbnb partners in some way with one of them as a way of getting rid of the other one. Yeah, or maybe the same uh, thing will happen as, as happened to Uber, where I think they, they kind of merged. Uh, Uber was merged with one of their competitors, I think, in China, um, which is some sort of outcome. You could call it successful or not the success they wanted, I think. But it also mentions that uh, Airbnb actually looked at Kwazu or Kwazu earlier uh, to possibly acquire it, but it didn't acquire it because they wanted to find a site whose property would appeal more to the high-end market. So Xiaozu mm. properties, there are a lot of uh, live-in people who are you know, renting out just a spare room and stuff. And so that was the, that's kind of interesting that Airbnb is looking to cater more to the high-end market in China. That is, especially because Airbnb's, uh, you know, roots are in the home sharing. <laughs> exactly. Spot, yeah. So, hmm. Interesting. Um, there's a rumor, and I actually didn't know about this. You told me that Airbnb is looking to acquire Wimdu, which to me really comes as a surprise because 
Well, first of all, Windu is is an Airbnb clone that was founded by Rocket Internet. And Rocket Internet is a German company, and their model is very simple. They look at innovative companies that are usually coming out of the US. And then what they do is they just copy it in Europe, which is kind of a I think it's pretty smart because you know, European culture and American culture, there's definitely differences, but there's also a lot of similarities. And so if something works in the US, then it will typically also work in Europe. And so, you know, before the American company expands into Europe, if you get in quick and you build enough uh, reputation before the American company makes a move, then and you can do a pretty good job. I mean, if the business model is already proven in the US. And then obviously what these guys are looking for is to be acquired by the American company and then just make a really good profit. So it's a pretty smart, I mean, not the most creative strategy, but it's definitely a smart strategy. And Windu is one of their investments. They have over a hundred companies and they were hoping to get acquired by Airbnb at an earlier stage. In 2013, there was an article that talked about why Airbnb didn't want to acquire Windu. And so it surprises me that they're looking into it now because obviously now Windu is much bigger and it's, you know, they're probably going to be able to command a much higher price. I'm terribly sorry, Jasper, but we miscommunicated. So take two. Uh, I was talking about Windum. So Windum is a big hotel and just hospitality company. They have hotels all over and they have a European vacation rental unit. And they've actually recently spun off the vacation rental unit. So there are two separate companies and now they're looking to sell that and HomeAway is interested and Airbnb is interested and it looks like there's a few suitors. Uh, but it is interesting what you said about Wimdu, Wimdu, not Wimdum, <laughs> Wimdu. They recently merged, I think earlier this year or last year with Nine Flats. Is it another company in the space? And they have been declining. Airbnb did make the decision not to buy them and to go head to head with them a bunch of years ago. And they clearly won that battle in Europe. So circling back to what we were saying in China, it, you know, it can be done in Europe. Let's see if it can be done in China where they go head to head with the in incumbent. So that's some some interesting parallels there. But in Europe now, it looks like they might be buying, expanding uh, with Wyndham's huge amount, thousands of vacation rentals, kind of like the play they did with luxury retreats earlier this year uh, for $200, 250000000 million. And what's interesting with this, too, is that Wyndham is primarily private vacation rentals, just like luxury retreats. So they really are increasing the supply in that area and having a lower percentage as they grow, the percentage of home sharing gets smaller and smaller and they, they keep increasing their total private vacation rental places. And they're becoming more of a, a heads up market for that um, sort of like HomeAway and Booking.com and, and, and other listing sites like that. Yeah, and you know, the Wimdu, I used to actually list my Airbnb on Wimdu when I first started out. I tried Wimdu and I tried Airbnb. And I think, uh, you know, you mentioned that Airbnb is winning the battle versus Wimdu. And I, I think that's definitely true. And, you know, whether they can do that in China or not, I think the biggest difference between China and Europe is that, you know, China, Chinese customers and also the Chinese authorities have been known to kind of favor Chinese companies, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess in Europe, the, the playing field is a little bit more, uh, level uh, with uh, domestic companies versus mm -hmm. foreign companies. So 
But anyway, it's kind of funny that uh, <laughs> I thought you were talking about Wimdu. Now I now I understand why. Because I was like, that's that sounds really that sounds really strange. <laughs> <laughs> Although I wouldn't be surprised if down the road they eventually acquire Wimdu nine flats for pennies on the dollar as they look to try to get some exit because they can't compete with Airbnb. Yeah, exactly. That would be the, a really good scenario for Airbnb where they're like, okay, well, you guys cloned us. You guys trying to get a really profitable exit. And now we just uh, kind of destroyed you mm -hmm. guys. And now we'll, we'll give you a couple hundred dollars. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hosts, I am having so much fun running my Airbnb and hosting travelers from all around the world. I have to admit though, ensuring my guests receive all the details about their stay on time can be stressful and overwhelming. Recently, I learned about a cool new service called Aviva IQ. Aviva IQ automates, personalizes, and delivers my guest communications automatically, so I don't have to. Now I can relax knowing my guests are informed and happy. Did I mention a Viva IQ is free? Get your life back at www.avivaiq.com. All right, let's see what else do we have. There's been some stuff in the news about Nashville. Airbnb is eyeing a very expensive commercial TV commercial because Nashville is they're they're gonna the council is gonna decide on uh, stricter rules for Airbnb and Nashville is an interesting Airbnb market because it always pops up as one of the most profitable markets on the research sites. Uh, it seems like a, a place where you can you can make a pretty good margin. I don't know if that's still the case though, because as soon as the word spreads, then you know obviously it attracts like a lot of investors and people will hear about it and start renting out, which pushes the prices down. But it's uh it's definitely an interesting market. I've I've actually been there myself. Pretty cool, like lots of country music in the in the bars. Mm -hmm. So uh, what yeah, what do you think? Well, uh, I guess it's all relative in terms of how big of a deal this is on their ad spend. They said it's six figures, so I guess anywhere from 100000 to just under a million. And here in San Francisco, when there was some big legislation a few years ago, Prop F, they spent $8 million on that campaign. So <laughs> this is nothing compared to that. The difference between San Francisco and Nashville it seems like, not surprisingly, Airbnb is always promoting the more favorable laws on vacation rentals in general. Uh, in San Francisco, the legislation already was that you can only rent out where you live. And they were trying to make it harsher by putting caps on the number of nights you can rent out where you live. And it seems like here in Nashville, there isn't any legislation. So some people are trying to curb vacation rentals by making it so that you can only rent out where you live. And they're saying, no, private vacation rentals should be okay. Or at least it looks like they're saying, let's have more of a conversation. But I'm sure that's what they're implying. They don't want this legislation to, to pass. They want to continue coming to a favorable agreement instead of having some law get passed. So not too surprisingly, whatever's more favorable for them, uh, they are putting ads out. So we'll, we'll see where things go with this. Yeah, absolutely. $100,000 is kind of peanuts for Airbnb. I think they have $3 billion sitting in the, in the bank account or something. One more note on that. After Prop F happened, there was 
a, a press conference and they made, made a poor analogy to basically saying we're like the, the NRA in terms of our, our ability to do funding and, and lobbying. And it was, a, it was a pretty poor analogy. I think they regret it. And they they basically were kind of daring other cities. It sounded like if you come at us, look, we you know, we spent eight million dollars in San Francisco and we won. But it's not an effective long term solution, because if they need to spend, as you said, a drop in the bucket, 100,000 here, 700,000 there, eight million here in the long run, that really will add up. So they need to figure out some other ways to attack these legislation issues. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think partnering with the landlords, like with Veritas and Pillows, a step in the right direction. But I yes. really wanted to talk about your Airbnb, because you're an Airbnb host, and I know you've made some updates and you tried some new things recently. So let's talk about that. Sure. Thanks for bringing that up, Jasper. A couple things. I think on the last show, uh, last time I was on with you, I talked about how I was looking into some smart lock options and I finally pulled the trigger and uh, purchased August smart lock. And I'm very excited about that. It came down to lock state uh, by remote lock or remote lock by lock state versus August. And I Ended up going for August because it's just my home. If I had a number of units, I think the remote lock by lock state, they seem to have a better software for managing many units. But for just one unit, it seemed very user friendly with August and it was super easy to, to install. Even, even I <laughs> could do it and I'm not handy at all. So what I got was the smart lock as well as their keypad. And I also ordered their doorbell, which has not arrived yet. Uh, There's some pretty cool features. The obvious ones are you can send codes to your Airbnb guests so that they can only use it the four days that they're staying with you. And then that code doesn't work. There are some other neat things, too. My, my favorite is it senses when I'm away. And then when I return, it senses that I've come back and it automatically unlocks the door for me. So I just I just walk up and open the door and in and, and I go. Uh, one thing for people who are interested in buying August as an FYI, at least here in the United States, it's cheaper on Amazon. Uh, the lock itself is actually the same price, but the keypad is $69 on Amazon and $79 on August website. And the doorbell itself, that's $139 on Amazon and $199 on August website. So it's $60 cheaper buying from Amazon. It does take longer to arrive. So that's why it hasn't arrived yet. Uh, it takes about a month or so. But for $60, I'll, I'll wait a little bit longer to get that. Makes sense. And what about booking.com? Yes, I've also listed on booking.com. So I'm trying to diversify a little bit, not just be on Airbnb. And it was a fairly easy sign up process, but there was one old school thing, which I, I guess makes sense. They actually mailed me a code. So I had to wait a few days. I was all ready to go. I had some time set aside. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to make my listing. And I signed up, entered in a, a couple pieces of information, my address. And it said, okay, great. Now we're going to send you <laughs> by mail a, a, a letter to prove that you really live there and then enter the code in to finish building out your listing. So I was a little frustrated by that. I, I wish they would have at least let me build out my listing and maybe wait till it goes live for me to enter the code in. Uh, some other things that are interesting, it's a 15% fee, booking fee. So that's a lot larger than Airbnbs. So I'm probably going to raise my prices a little bit more on booking.com to offset that. 
I did get one reservation already. They require it to be instant booking on the one hand, yet on the other hand, they don't handle the financial transaction. So that's another thing that is a little more complicated than Airbnb. I need to set up another um, payment processing tool like Square or Lindbook Group or um, Vacay, Vacay Pay, is it? Um, there, there's, there's a few options out there. So I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. Instant, <laughs> instant booking or confirm right away, but they haven't paid you anything. Also, there are pictures. I know, Jasper, you talk a lot about the importance of pictures in the listing. And you can't write descriptions of those pictures. You can only tag it like this is the bedroom or this is the kitchen. And I, I love putting in information. People look at the pictures. So that's a great place to put important things about your home or things that you want to ways to sell your place. Uh, so I do a lot with those descriptions, maybe quotes from past guests or just talk about, you know, the kitchen is fully stocked and comes with this and that. And you can't do that uh, with booking.com. So there's a few differences. Uh, but overall, I'm, I'm excited to take this plunge and I'll, I'll let you know as more bookings come in. One booking that did come in, unfortunately, there was a syncing problem with my Airbnb calendar and I'm, I'm still trying to work out where exactly that happened. So I the, the request that came in, I already had a booking for those dates. So so uh, that was unfortunate, but hopefully it'll be smoother and I'll give you an update next time uh, we're chatting. Yeah, definitely interested to hear more about the differences between Booking.com and Airbnb. I think a lot of people are either using Booking.com or thinking about using it. And definitely one thing I've heard from a lot of people is that there, you know, you mentioned the 15% booking fee and that that's from the host, right? Yes. Yeah. So with Airbnb, it's only 3%. Um, but what I've heard from people is that the guests that book through booking.com are a little bit different than the typical Airbnb guest in the sense that, you know, booking.com is originally a hotel booking website, right? So there's uh, the people that are booking on booking.com typically tends to expect more of a hotel experience, but they're also willing to pay a little bit extra. So I've heard that people are actually able to raise the prices by more than 15%. And so they're still making more per guest than on Airbnb. So it'd be interesting to see if that's the case in, for you as well. And and circling back to our earlier conversations of Europe, booking.com, I think their roots are actually in your hometown in Amsterdam, definitely the Netherlands. I think Amsterdam, Jasper, where booking.com is from. And of course, they're, they're owned by Priceline now, but they're really big in Europe. So there's a lot of European travelers coming to the US who will look at booking.com first. So that's one of the big reasons why I decided to go on here just to get more get more European travelers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, booking.com is, you're right. It's, uh, their office is in Amsterdam. I've, I've actually been to their office, talk about, uh, cause they wanted to get into the home sharing space more. They, they have a lot of vacation rentals on their platform, actually. And so I talked to them about potentially writing some content. But anyway, uh, yeah, they're in Amsterdam and I've been using them for, yeah, since I started traveling pretty much, I, mean, I still use them. And I think that's the case for most of my European friends as well. So definitely if you're an Airbnb host and you have a lot of European visitors coming to your, uh, your city or your area, then booking.com is probably worth it. All right, David, we're coming to the end of this episode. We're running out of time again. Oh, that went by so fast once again, Jasper. It always does. Well, thank you for joining. Always a pleasure to speak with you. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll get the pleasure of staying in your guest room again uh, in 2018. Yeah, when's that going to happen? 
I'm planning a trip to the US in 2000, early 2018. Well, maybe spring 2018. So definitely stop by. Well, Max and Olivia can't wait for Uncle Jasper's next visit. Yeah, I'm excited to play basketball. <laughs> All right, David, thanks a lot. And to the listeners, thanks for listening. And of course, on Monday, there'll be the next episode. So make sure you don't miss it. And we'll see you then. Bye bye. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.